Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Katie, and the sexy fish in the chair next to me is Ellen. What's a sexy fish? Like a mermaid? I'll be a mermaid. But I'm the one with the red hair. Okay, we can both be mermaids. Ooh. Let's just keep swimming into (laughs) the rolling rehash. Last week, we covered Chapter 17, The Four Champions, and the corresponding film scenes. The adults bicker more about winning a school competition and less about the danger to a 14-year-old's life. Michael Gammon had a somewhat different definition for calm than everyone else on the planet. To make up for the stuff they left out, the movie added irrelevant, unnecessary scenes, because that makes sense. Most of the Gryffindors are stoked about Harry putting his name in the goblet, no matter how many times they're told Harry didn't put his name in the goblet. And Ron decided now would be a great time to be a little bitch over Harry putting his name in the goblet. During episode 82, Can of Kick-Ass, we had two Potter ponderings. The first was, if you were a teacher or student at Hogwarts during all of this, would you have believed that Harry didn't put his own name in the goblet of fire? Max said he's still doubtful that Harry didn't put his name in. Because apparently he didn't read the book. Obviously. Even though we know he did. (laughs) I think he just doesn't like Harry. We know he doesn't like Harry. (laughs) That is true. Juliana said she would hope to believe Harry is telling the truth, but his track record is terribly suspicious. Quincy said, you know what? Harry isn't the brightest kid. And like McGonagall has said before, a lot of shit Harry accomplished was pure dumb luck. Robert would be inclined to believe Harry didn't put his name in, But past events in Philosopher's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and Prisoner of Azkaban would make him think that Gryffindor could do anything because I'm the motherfucking boy who lived, bitches. Lisa Lotta thinks that she'd believe him. If you get to know him a bit as a student, he doesn't come across as wanting all the attention that he gets. Although, he is a Gryffindor. Dave said he thinks because all the Slytherins and Snape make a big deal about Harry being THE Harry Potter. And then with him always getting a ton of extra points for Gryffindor at the end of each year for being a hero, killing Quirrell, saving Ginny, the youngest seeker ever, etc. Even if he didn't know him very well, he'd think he was a big shot and probably did put his name in the goblet. His reputation precedes him and his actions back up that reputation, even if it is by dumb luck. Kenneth said, nope, Harry's the favorite. Him and Dumbledore are in cahoots. (laughs) Our second Potter pondering was, are any WTs included in the end-of-year exams, and if they are, is the champion exempt from taking those as well, or would they be expected to take them later? Max thinks it's pretty obvious why they couldn't do this when Harry was taking any important exams. Harry would not pass. He's fairly sure that Dedrick could have managed the exams and the victory, though. (coughs) Dedrick. Yeah. Too soon? Spoilers? Awkward. (laughs) Quincy said, as for the NEWTs, IDK, I'm not a fucking professor. Not my problem. But I would think that they would need those NEWTs to get a decent job. 
along with OWLs. So it would be like cheating those kids if they didn't let them take the exams. But then again, Dumbledore's actions lately have been on fuck them kids. So, not my kids, not my problem. <laughs> Lisa Rota said for the NEWTs, she's not sure. She'd hope that they'd still have to go and take them either before the third task or after, because they seem pretty important to have as qualifications for jobs, etc. Then again, Ron and Harry didn't go back for their seventh year after the war and still got jobs, so maybe there are exceptions. To be fair, though, that's Harry Potter and Ron Weasley, so... They did kind of save the wizarding world. Right? I'm pretty sure that trumps the highest NEWTAs you could get. <laughs> but maybe being the winning champion does too. That's true. Maybe. Juliana said that in California, there used to be a high school exit exam that you needed to pass to graduate. It had nothing to do with the classes, so they would have had to take both. Not at the same time. She expects that's what NEWTs would be like. Champions would probably still need to take them, but not their finals for their class. Robert said as for the NEWTs, they take them a few weeks before the end of term, so he would assume that the admins would look at their schedules to see what classes they were taking and their average scores of dorm work, Hogwarts is home, and go based off how they did throughout the year for their results. <laughs> Kenneth thinks the only way they would be exempt from NEWTs is if St. Mungo's can't heal said champion on the day of exams, which is probably pretty accurate. Dave would imagine that if a student was picked out of all of the school students once every five years or for the first time in a long time, he's pretty sure they would be exempt from all those exams. And if they are picked the best out of a whole school, he doesn't think not having good scores or not having taken those exams one year is going to affect their chances at getting whatever job they want after graduating. Mm, true. Our trivia question was, what spell does Draco cast that hits Hermione and causes her teeth to elongate? At the exact time that Harry casts a spell at him, Draco screams Densagio. The two spells ricochet off one another, putting Hermione in the line of fire. Fun fact! In Latin, dens means tooth, and agio means increase. So Draco was literally trying to cast a tooth-enlarging spell. Hmm, I wonder where he learned that. Doesn't seem like a smart spell to teach an adolescent, really. Not so much. <laughs> but congratulations goes to Mike Riley. Woohoo! He is up to three weeks in a row now. Again. Little by little, he is building that streak back up. We'll see if he gets it this week. For now, let's just keep rolling into the first half of Chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands, and the complete lack of corresponding film scenes for this section. Chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands, Part 1. Harry wakes up the next morning, and it takes him a moment to remember why he feels so miserable. Thinking of the previous night, he sits up and pulls back his bed curtains, intending to talk to Ron, but instead finds that he had gone down to breakfast without him. He dresses and reluctantly heads out of his dormitory, but the prospect of going into the Great Hall and facing everyone is not inviting. He heads that way anyway since the creepy brothers see him in the common room and frantically wave him over, and as he climbs out of the portrait hole, he finds himself face to face with Hermione. She offers him a stack of toast and suggests that they take a walk. They head out to the grounds and Harry tells her all about what happened. He's relieved when Hermione accepts his story without question. 
She tells him that she could tell by the look on his face that he didn't enter and speculates about who did put his name in. Harry cuts her off to ask if she's seen Ron and wonders if he still thinks Harry entered. She awkwardly says that she doesn't think he really believes that, just that he's jealous of Harry being the one who always gets the attention. Harry says to tell him he'd swap anytime he wants, and Hermione says that he has to tell him, not her. Harry refuses to run around trying to convince him and says maybe he'll get it once Harry's broken his neck or something. Hermione doesn't think that's funny and tells Harry that he's got to write to Sirius before he finds out from the Daily Prophet. Harry agrees to write him, but refuses to ask Ron if he can use Pigwidgeon, deciding to borrow a school owl instead. They head to the Owlery, and Hermione hands him a parchment and a quill. He writes a short note to Sirius about being picked as a fourth champion for the Triwizard Tournament, despite not putting his name in, and finishes it off hoping he and Buckbeak are well. Hedwig flutters down to collect the letter and is once again offended when he tells her he can't use her. Back at lessons, Harry can't avoid the rest of the school and realizes that everyone thinks he entered himself into the tournament, and aside from the Gryffindors, no one else is impressed. The Hufflepuffs are very cold towards all of the Gryffindors, feeling that Harry is stealing their glory. On top of that, Ron still isn't speaking to Harry, and Hermione's forced conversations between them isn't helping. He can't even look forward to seeing Hagrid during Care of Magical Creatures, since it means seeing the Slytherins too. As expected, Malfoy immediately begins to taunt Harry, saying that everyone better get their autographs now because he bet he won't make it past 10 minutes into the first task. Crabbe and Goyle laugh, and Malfoy temporarily stops mocking Harry when Hagrid emerges from his cabin carrying a tower of crates, each containing a blast-ended scroot. He horrifies everyone by telling them they're going to take the scroots on a walk, since he thinks their aggression towards one another is because of pent-up energy. This does effectively distract Malfoy and gives Hagrid an opportunity to get Harry away from the rest of the class to talk about being school champion. Harry reminds him that he is one of the champions and is grateful when Hagrid asks him if he has any idea who entered his name. Harry says he wishes he knew who did it and they look out at the class struggling to control the now three foot long grayish armored giant scorpion crab-like creatures. Hagrid thinks they're having fun, and Harry figures he must mean the Scroots because his classmates certainly aren't, as more than one of them are being dragged behind a Scroot that just blasted off. Hagrid sighs and mentions that everything seems to happen to him, and Harry doesn't reply, thinking of how that's basically what Hermione had said to him and why Ron is no longer talking to him. The next few days are some of the worst days Harry has ever had at Hogwarts, with dislike pouring onto him from every side. He understands why Hufflepuff is upset and is used to Slytherin being awful to him, but had hoped that Ravenclaw would be more supportive. Instead, they seemed to think that he was just trying to get himself more fame by entering the tournament. Cedric, with his good looks, also looks the part of a champion much more than him and is receiving just as much attention as Victor Crumb. Harry also hasn't heard back from Sirius yet. Trelawney keeps predicting his death with more certainty, and he did so poorly at his summoning charm that Professor Flitwick gave him extra homework. Hermione tries to reassure him that it really isn't that difficult, he just wasn't concentrating properly, which makes Harry sarcastically wonder why that could be. To make matters worse, they also had double potions that afternoon, which is always awful, but is now basically torture. 
When he and Hermione arrive at Snape's dungeon after lunch, they find the Slytherins waiting outside wearing badges that say support Cedric Diggory, the real Hogwarts champion, before flashing over to also say Potter stinks. Hermione sarcastically calls them very funny and really witty, and Malfoy offers her one, but tells her not to touch his hand since he doesn't want a mudblood slamming it up. Harry snaps and reaches for his wand. Draco grabs his as well, and they cast spells at the same time. Harry yells for Nunculus, and Draco screams Densagio, and the two streams of light ricochet off one another. Harry's hits Goyle, causing large boils to spring up everywhere, and Malfoy's hits Hermione. She whimpers in panic and clutches her mouth. Ron hurries forward to check on her, and as she pulls her hands away from her mouth, they see that her already larger-than-average front teeth are growing at an alarming rate, past her lip and down towards her chin. At this point, Snape arrives and wants to know what's going on. Malfoy tells him that Potter attacked him and hit Goyle, who's starting to resemble a poisonous fungus. Snape ignores Harry as he shouts they attacked each other at the same time, and when Snape sends Goyle to the hospital wing, Ron says that Malfoy got Hermione. Snape looks at Hermione's teeth, now down past her collar, and coldly says that he sees no difference. Hermione cries and runs off, and Harry and Ron start shouting at Snape at the same time. He gives them each a detention and takes 50 points from Gryffindor, then ushers them inside before they get a week's worth of detention. The two boys are so angry, things almost feel normal between them, but then Ron sits with Dean and Seamus instead, and Harry is left alone at their table, wishing that he knew the Cruciatus curse to have Snape flat on his back and twitching like that spider. Snape begins talking about their antidotes, saying that he will choose one to test it on and looking directly at Harry. Harry starts to imagine grabbing his cauldron, running to the front of the class and bringing it down on Snape's head, but he's interrupted by a knock at the door. Colin Creevy enters the room and tells Snape that he's supposed to take Harry Potter upstairs. Snape initially refuses to let him leave before class is over, but Colin explains that Mr. Bagman wants him for photographs. Snape snaps his agreement, but tells Harry to leave his things and come back to test his antidote. Colin has to explain that he's supposed to take his things, and as he starts to mention all the champions, Snape cuts him off to tell Harry to get out of his sight. Harry leaves amidst a flashing of Potter stinks from the Slytherin tables. As he closes the dungeon door behind him, Colin comments on how amazing it is that Harry is champion. Harry heavily says it's amazing and asks what they want photos for. Colin says he thinks it's for the Daily Prophet, and Harry is not excited about receiving more publicity. They reach the room, and Colin wishes him good luck. Harry knocks on the door and enters. Because of the way we split this chapter, there are absolutely no corresponding film scenes for this section. Boo! So the first half of the book chapter, with the absolutely no corresponding film scenes... Starts out on Harry waking up the next morning of being chosen as the quad wizard champion. <laughs> they still haven't talked about that name change, though, have they? No. <laughs> and it takes him a moment to remember why he feels so miserable. Thinking over the previous night, he sits up, intending to talk to Ron, but finds that he's gone down to breakfast without him. Instead, Harry gets dressed and reluctantly heads to the Great Hall. He has to avoid the creepy brothers along the way because they're just like, Harry, Harry, come over here, stay with us. And Harry's is like, no, yeah. no I'm not going to do that. I'm, I would rather face the school 
than sit with you boys. Those poor boys. Like, you feel bad for him, but at the same time, I wouldn't sit by him either. (laughs) At least they have each other. True. That's the important thing, I like to think. But as he climbs out of the portrait hole, he finds himself face-to-face with Hermione. I'm not so much worried about being face-to-face with Hermione. I'm worried about being face-to-face with her eyebrows, but that's that's me. (laughs) She offers him a stack of toast and suggests that they take a walk. They head out to the grounds and Harry tells her all about what happened, feeling relieved when Hermione accepts his story without question. Like you're supposed to do, Ron. Because you're supposed to be his best friend, Ron. Yeah. God, Ron. She tells him that she could tell by the look on his face that he didn't enter and speculates about who could have put his name in the Goblet of Fire. Harry interrupts and asks if she's seen Ron and wonders if he still thinks that Harry entered the tournament himself. Hermione admits that she doesn't think he really believes that, and he must just be jealous of the attention that Harry is always getting. I mean, you seem to be enjoying it for the last three years, guy. Now all of a sudden he's pissed off about it. I think he tolerated it before. Sometimes it seemed like he dug it a little much. Not really in the books. Okay. I don't know. Harry says to tell him he'd swap any time he wants, and Hermione says that he has to tell him, not her. Which is how because it she's should... not an owl. She's not an owl. <laughs> We're not there yet. No, but this is essentially that part. It too. really is, kind of. And this is how it should have fucking gone. Right. Ugh. Anyway, Harry refuses to run around trying to convince him, and thinks that it'll be easier to understand once he's been killed. Because. Yeah. That's such a teenage thing to think. Well, why would you injure yourself in something that's going to murder right. you? You'll be sorry when I'm dead. Pretty much. You'll believe me when I'm gone. I'm going to hold my breath until you believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Hormones. <laughs> the Goblet of Puberty. Honestly, that's kind of the next book. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. Caps Lock Harry and whatnot. Hermione doesn't think it's as funny as we do, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) She tells Harry that he needs to tell Sirius before he finds out from the Daily Prophet. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Even Harry thinks so. He agrees to write to him, but refuses to ask Ron to use Pigwidgeon, deciding to borrow a school owl instead. They head to the Owlery, and Harry writes a short note to Sirius explaining the situation. Hedwig flutters down to collect the letter and is once again offended when Harry says he can't use her. That poor owl. First he's ungrateful, then he's just like, no, I don't want to use you. Right? Except Harry's just like, first run now you, it's not my fault. (laughs) Everyone's against me, guys. Angsty Harry. My life sucks. I'm going to hold my breath. (laughs) (laughs) So it is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Angst. It is. It is. Oh, Lord. Poor Harry. Oh, wait. He kind of brings it on himself. A little bit. Not this time. Not in this case, but he's gotten away with it so often in the past. I feel like it's time for it. Yeah, it's just karma coming back at him. During that day's lessons, Harry finds that everyone thinks he entered himself into the tournament, and aside from the Gryffindors, mm, no one's really impressed. No. No one gives a shit. That's oh, they give a shit. It's I mean, just in the opposite way. Very true, yes. I almost feel like that would be a breath of fresh air for Harry. 
Like, he's so used to being fawned over. Like, yay, now people hate me. <laughs> I feel like that's just too much of an extreme the opposite direction. I Because he's still getting attention. It's just the really sucky kind of attention. True. Be careful what you wish for, kids. It's like the entire school turned into Snape. <laughs> that is true. Even the Hufflepuffs, which makes me, like, upset. Yeah, but I understand. No, I understand, but it's just they're just supposed to be the super nice ones, and they're, like, they're super mean about it. <laughs> but, I mean, I understand that's because they feel like Harry's stealing their glory. Like, they finally get someone in the spotlight. And... Yeah, Cedric's one of the few people that have actually brought the Hufflepuffs any glory. Honor. Which is just... <laughs> boo because there's so many wonderful things about hufflepuff yeah there's other glorifying things about them it's just not very public it's not public and it's not like super death defying grand stuff like gryffindors do or or even slytherins do like it's not big stuff it's little stuff that matters day to day that you just don't notice you know what i mean hufflepuffs win at life they do i hardcore embrace the fact that my secondary house is hufflepuff even though it's pretty damn near a tie between the other three houses i'm so gryffindor hufflepuff showed the highest percentage so it's my secondary yeah and i love it hufflepuff is usually like my second to last usually i go i go slytherin ravenclaw hufflepuff gryffindor so i'm just the least brave person you'll ever meet but i dig on some food so i'd be down for a house by the kitchens <laughs> snacks snacks yummy anyway <laughs> but on top of you know, the entire school being shitty to Harry except for his own house. Right. On top of being almost universally hated. Right. By the majority of the school aside from other Gryffindors, Ron still isn't speaking to Harry and Hermione's forced conversations between them isn't helping. Can you just imagine like she's sitting between them, they're not speaking to one another and she'll like talk to Harry and then she'll talk to Ron and then they'll both talk to her and then she's just like, this is so awkward, guys. What really sucks, though, is Harry can't even look forward to seeing Hagrid during Care of Magical Creatures because the fucking Slytherins are there, and they're shitty to begin with, so now they're even more shitty. They have more fuel to throw on the fire. Definitely. That they already lit. Definitely. And as expected, Malfoy immediately begins taunting Harry, Mm -hmm. saying that everyone better get their autographs now because Harry won't make it past ten minutes into the first task. In the movie, Draco does kind of say this line later on. Yeah, but we'll get to it. It references this. Yeah. This movie just puts the book out of order in so many different things. Completely. Or just leaves out whole entire halves of chapters or entire chapters even. Yeah. It's very upsetting sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what we talked about from this chapter so far is included just kind of in a different place. The sentiment definitely gets there. Yeah. At least you get the concept of it if they don't show it to you directly. But now we're getting into actual things happening. And I would have liked to see some of this stuff. Like, it would have been really fun to see more of how the school was treating Harry. Yeah. Because this is where that mocking first really starts with Harry as the champion. This is where okay, we've got Nazi Von Douchebag being himself. As he does. And his little minions just mm-hmm. laughing at everything he says. As they do. But Malfoy puts a temporary stop to his mockery when Hagrid emerges from his cabin, carrying a tower of crates, each containing a blast-ended screw, because we know from the previous episode that he has to keep them separate. Mm -hmm. 
He then horrifies everyone by telling them that they're going to take the scroots on a walk. And I would have loved to see <laughs> this scene. I mean, where do you even put a leash? They fasten around the middle. That's what Hagrid says to do. Yeah. Hagrid legit thinks that the Scroots' aggression towards one another is caused by pent-up energy. I mean, you do have them locked in fucking boxes. I'm sure that that's not helping, being all pent-up, but I don't think that's the root of the problem. Probably not, no. No. The good news is that this distracts Malfoy enough that Harry gets a bit of a reprieve and Hagrid gets an opportunity to talk to him away from the rest of the class. Well, there you go. Secluded from the class, they begin discussing the tournament and Harry being the school champion. One of the school champions. Because he even has to specifically remind Hagrid, I am one yeah. of the school champions. And that kind of becomes a thing in the book. It's Yeah. So, not in the movie, though. Not in the movie. Not so much. Hagrid asks if he knows who put his name in the goblet, and Harry says he wishes he knew. They look out at the class struggling to control the now three-foot-long, grayish, armored, giant, scorpion, crab-like creatures, and I just want to burn my own house down thinking about that. It's a lot of nope. It's a lot of nope so, in one creature. It's so much nope. We've had books in the past where we've had giant-ass snakes, we've had giant-ass spiders, We've had giant-ass other creatures that are just the nopiest of nopes. But this book is giving us, like, all the nopes rolled into one. Right. I don't like it. It's not good. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Nope. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Nopelet of Fire. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Nopes that I fucking set on fire. Because, <laughs> because fuck those goddamn nopes. But I still really wish we could have seen them. As nopey as they are, I just really wanted to see them. I would have liked to see what the special effects team or the model creating team. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see what they would have come up with for it. So, yes, I agree there. However, just still all the nopes. <laughs> but Hagrid says that he looks like they're having fun. And Harry's just like, you got to meet the Scroots. Because <laughs> my classmates don't look like they're having fun. More than one of them are being dragged behind a Scroot that just blasted off. And that just sounds so terrible. It really does. Like, I want to see it. It sounds so terrible. I want to see it. <laughs> but it sounds so terrible. It's so bad. It sounds like my nightmare, to be honest. Hagrid sighs and mentions to a quiet Harry that everything seems to happen to him. And Harry remembers that that's basically what Hermione said to him and why Ron's no longer talking to him. I feel like that's really a theme throughout all right? the books. Why is it always you? <laughs> Here, we thought it was Neville. No, it's always Harry. Yeah. It's kind of both of them. A little bit. Different things happening, but they both just have shit. A little bit. Which, yeah. interestingly enough, we'll find out more about that in a later book. We sure will. Mm -hmm. The next few days are some of the worst that Harry has ever experienced at Hogwarts. With dislike pouring onto him from every side. He understands why Hufflepuff is upset and is used to Slytherin being awful to him, but... He had hoped that the Ravenclaws wouldn't be such dicks. Yeah. You know, he kind of wanted them to be a little more supportive. But instead, they seemed to think that he was just trying to get some more fame by entering himself in the tournament. Which I can kind of see that too. Yeah. If you don't know him and you don't know the backstory, and yeah. It's a very hard one to call. That's why that was our Potter pondering last mm -hmm. week. So Exactly. 
He notes that Cedric looks the part of the champion much more than him and is receiving just as much attention as Victor Crumb. So, yeah, it's kind of a shit sandwich. Yeah. All around. Harry's just like, I'm so much shorter than all of you. I haven't <laughs> studied as much magic as all of you. I am not as handsome. However, I did defeat a Dark Lord as an infant, so... I also defeated a Basilisk. Yeah. I time-traveled. <laughs> I rescued the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone and escaped Voldemort again. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe I'm actually kind of good at this. Let me go find something to meddle in. Right? I was able to not get murdered by a werewolf. Yeah. That's huge. Kind of twice, really, when you think about it. Because there was time in the present and the time they went back in the past. Not kind of twice. Twice. So, yes. <laughs> in one night. At the same exact time. Somehow. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, I mean, he's done a lot of shit. But. With help. With help and not necessarily technical stuff. Not necessarily like he knew an exact spell to fix something. It was mostly like Expelliarmus and Prey. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Episode title. (laughs) Expelliarmus and Prey. (laughs) I mean, that's that's basically the book series now. (laughs) Yep. In... Addition to all of this stress that he has about being the champion and nobody liking him and all of this other shit because he's hairy and Mm -hmm. there's always shit. He's also stressing about the fact that he hasn't heard back from Sirius and Professor Trelawney keeps predicting his death with more certainty. Like she does. Like she does. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of her brand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He did so poorly at his summoning charm that Professor Flitwick gave him extra homework, which is just what he needs on top of everything else. Right. That sucks some balls. Hermione tries to reassure him that it really isn't that difficult. He just wasn't concentrating properly, which makes Harry sarcastically wonder why that could be. Right. I think he's got a little bit of shit on his mind. Yeah, gee, why am I having trouble concentrating, Hermione? Hmm. Could like... it be because everything's shit? <laughs> yeah. Could it be because my life is yet again in danger from numerous things? Like, not just one thing this year. Numerous numerous things. things. And I feel like the streamlining of the movies kind of erased just how bad it was, everything Harry was going through. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because then to make matters worse, they also had double potions that afternoon, which is double the time with the Slytherins and Snape. So that's just basically torture. Yeah, that's a rough day. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that, and I'm a Slytherin. (laughs) I can admit (laughs) that that would suck balls. But when he and Hermione arrive in the dungeon after lunch, they find the Slytherins waiting outside wearing badges that say, Support Cedric Diggory, the real Hogwarts champion, before they flash over to also say, Potter stinks. Which is a really shit insult. Yeah. I mean, Potter stinks, guys. Really witty. Ooh, sick burn, y'all. Damn. But they were made by Malfoy, and we know that he sucks at that. He is the king. Training for the ballet, Potter. (laughs) All right, Scarhead. He is the king of sick burns. The court jester of sick burns. (laughs) (laughs) But after Hermione sarcastically comments on them, Malfoy offers her one but tells her not to touch his hand as he doesn't want a mudblood sliming it up. 
again. Nazi von Douchebag the second. The sick burns just keep on coming. Terrible insults, but you're still a shitty person. Right? I mean, if you're gonna be a dick, at least, like, I... No, I mean, just don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Just... If you think about being a dick, just go ahead and stop that thought. Right? If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Exactly. I mean, and if you're not going to say something nice, at least say something snarky. Because we like snark, but... Snark is fine. Snark is funny. He's not being snarky. He's being dicky. Exactly. He's He is a dicky bird. <laughs> he is a dicky bird. <laughs> he is a Nazi von Duschbag II. Nazi von dicky bird. And he used a bad word. He called Hermione a mudblood again. He did. And this time it's Harry who snaps and reaches for his wand. I mean, he's got a lot of shit going on. Oh, yeah. So. It's understandable. Yeah. Malfoy grabs his as well, and they cast spells at the same time. Harry yells for Nunculus, Draco screams Densagio, and the two streams of light ricochet off one another. Harry's hits Goyle, causing large boils to spring up everywhere. So basically an improvement to Goyle's face. I would think his mother would be pleased. Right. <laughs> and Malfoy's hits Hermione. Oh, this does kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me feel really bad. I would it. have loved to see this, though. I don't think we got to see enough of the magic dueling. They had the dueling club in Chamber of Secrets, but they made the magic interaction more like throwing them far distances. And we never got to see the special effects mm -hmm. where someone's face breaks out and boils or... I mean, we got to see some things like that later, but not related to magic being cast at one another. And not nearly, like, as specific as some of the spells could be. Like, we never got to see the bat bogey hex right. that Ginny throws. Like, we never got to see specific spells that I really wish we could have. I would have liked to see this magical aspect where a spell is cast and specific things happen. And it's not just them being thrown backwards or... yeah. It's not just jet of light, boom. Right. It's not loud noises and flashing yeah. wands. It's like a legit cause and effect. And <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I agree. I very much agree. Like, they're, you're in fucking wizard school. What are you learning? Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know why they're being taught these spells, but... Well, I feel like these spells are... Uh, these spells are the equivalent of, like, when you take a foreign language and you learn the dirty words. <laughs> <laughs> You purposely go out and learn, like, the swear words in Spanish just because you can. <laughs> but anyway, so Malfoy's hits Hermione, and she whimpers in panic and clutches her mouth. Ron hurries forward to check on her, and as he pulls her hand away, they see that her already larger-than-average front teeth are growing at an alarming rate. Past her lip and down towards her chin. And I gotta wonder if that hurt, too. I would think so. That just seems like it would be extremely painful. Yeah. Painful, awkward, mm -hmm. embarrassing. All of the above. Yeah. No fun so at all. So many things wrong with that. However. Two thumbs down. But at this Four point. Four thumbs down. I'm joining you. <laughs> However, I. So at this point, Snape arrives and naturally wants to know what's going on. Like teachers do. As they should. Right. <laughs> Malfoy tells him that Harry attacked him and hit Goyle, who's starting to resemble a poisonous fungus. So not much of a change. Right. <laughs> 
And Snape ignores Harry as he shouts that they attacked each other at the same time. Like he does. Exactly like he does. You know? <laughs> and when Snape sends Goyle to the hospital wing, Ron says that Malfoy got Hermione. Snape looks at Hermione's teeth, now down past her collar. Oh my gosh. And coldly says that he sees no difference. And this... This is one of the moments that should have never been left out of the movie mm -hmm. because it shows the more day-to-day -day trauma that Snape inflicted upon the students. Yeah. The movie left every single bit of that out. Like, we got the one little thing in the beginning where he's like, tsk, tsk, our new celebrity, like, to Harry. Yeah. But even that, even that moment pales in comparison compared to the shit that he would do to Harry, Neville, and Hermione. Mm -hmm. Exactly. On more than one occasion constantly that man should not have been a teacher should not have been a teacher <laughs> i know we've talked about this before but jesus christ but leaving that out of the movie he came across wrong yeah i mean you know me you know that i have a lot of sympathy for snape as a human being mm -hmm. i have compassion for that traumatized child Mm -hmm. who had shitty parents and not a lot of money and was forced to wear his mother's clothing and was bullied by a lot of people, though I don't think that James and Sirius were really bullies then, but that's a side note. That's a different <laughs> it's another episode. episode. <laughs> However, I have sympathy for that child. Yeah. I even have sympathy for the adult he grew up into. Mm -hmm. But I have zero sympathy for the teacher. Yes. I'm sorry. If that's the kind of person your trauma life has turned you into, you don't have any right to work with children. Right. You should not be working with things that trigger you. It's just really fucking stupid. And yeah. the movie was just like, nah, he's all right. I feel like they, maybe he should have gotten into like demolition or something where he could take his anger could it be out. very therapeutic. Yeah. Ex right? Exactly. Maybe, you know, take up boxing. I think that... Dumbledore should have hired him since he insisted on keeping him close by. I think Dumbledore should have hired him to write curriculum. You are going to be the curriculum developer. You know, that's not terrible. You get an office. You get to decide what people need to learn because you're a smart dude, but you should not interact with humans. Yes. I agree. I can see that. And you're going to have therapy as well. <laughs> mandated therapy. This is Dumbledore mandated <laughs> therapy. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. But we got off on a tangent. We so. really did. Snape's a dick. Mm-hmm. Yep. He says that and Hermione cries and runs off like she does. Like <laughs> anyone would do. Right. <laughs> really. That's what I would do at that point. Harry and Ron start shouting at Snape at the same time, which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But luckily, he can't quite understand what they're saying because it's masking one another. Yeah, so he can't... He still gets the gist, though. I'm pretty sure he didn't need exact words, but yeah. He gives them each detention and takes 50 points from Gryffindor before ushering them inside before they get a week's worth of detentions. Which... Probably a good call. Yeah, well... <laughs> here's the thing. Snape was a dick. Yes. He probably deserved to get yelled at the way that they yelled at him. Definitely. However, if you're going to scream things at a teacher, there are consequences. Yeah. And I get that he deserved his own consequences. Yeah. But there's not a lot a child can do about that, and that was probably a poor choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it understandable? Yes, but oh, there totally still needs to be. I don't know. 50 points seems like a lot. 
It's a, we've talked about point discrepancies in the past. Right. I feel like the detention was probably deserved. Mm-hmm. I feel like Snape probably needs a detention himself. Yeah. Detention and therapy. <laughs> Maybe take some points away from the teacher house. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, that's a little extreme in a week's worth of detention. God, that sounds terrible. I- I'm glad that they didn't get a week's worth of detention, but yeah, that's possibly worse than walking a scroot. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. You-, you read the description of the scroots, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Would you rather walk a scroot or deal with Snape for potions slash detentions? Hmm. There's our part of pondering. Okay. Right there, because... It's rough. It's a tough one. What would you do? Can I just eat Hagrid's beef casserole? <laughs> I can pick around the talons. I, uh, yeah. Anyway. I honestly don't. I I might pick the screwed I like animals, but I don't know. <laughs> Being a teacher dealing with awful teachers is infuriating. Yeah. I agree, and I'm a frustration crier, so I would just spend the whole time crying. <laughs> but at the same time, the scroot embodies every nope that I hate. So much nope there. It's so it's much a tough choice. Nope. It'll be interesting to see what our keepers think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, Harry and Ron are so angry with Snape that they almost forget that they're fighting. Which I always love that, where you're like, man, that guy was a dick. Wait, I hate you. Hold Wait, on. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, man. But then Ron sits with Dean and Seamus instead of Harry, leaving him alone at the table, wishing that he knew the Cruciatus curse so that he could have Snape flat on his back and twitching like that spider. Yeah, this is definitely Harry Potter and the Goblet of Angst. Yeah. We're getting pretty dark. Yeah. We're getting super Like, we're talking about... Not just cursing a teacher, but using an unforgivable curse on a teacher. And if he knew how to use it in that moment, I think he would mean it. Right? So, there's that. Yeah. A little little bit scary. But Snape begins the lesson by talking about their antidotes, saying that he will choose a student to test one on, all while looking directly at Harry. Of Jeez, <laughs> who's he going to choose to poison? I mean, obviously Neville. <laughs> or his toad. <laughs> yeah. Harry starts to imagine grabbing his cauldron, running to the front of his class, and bringing it down on Snape's head. Which, it's dark, but it also is like a cartoon right there. Yeah. That's like you imagine wildly like the, coyote shit. <laughs> the birds flying around Snape's head. It'd be stars. owls. <laughs> <laughs> a cartoonish lump coming up out of his hair. Well, he doesn't do this. He doesn't even get to keep fantasizing about it because he's interrupted by a knock at the door. Colin Creevy enters and tells Snape that he is supposed to take Harry Potter upstairs. Snape initially refuses to let him leave before class is over, but Colin explains that Mr. Bagman wants him for photographs. Photographs. You know, I was always really impressed with Colin Creevy during this scene. Yeah. Like, no, Professor Snape. This is what he needs to do. Like, he yeah. literally challenges Professor Snape. That's kind of badass. Yeah. That just shows you how much Colin Creevy loves the idea of Harry Potter getting pictures taken. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, he also doesn't feel like arguing with Colin Creevy because he agrees reluctantly. He initially tells Harry that 
he needs to come back. And Colin Creevy even again is just like, no, he's supposed to take his stuff with him. He's not coming back, dude. And, like, and Snape's just like, get the fuck out of my face. So Harry leaves amidst a flashing of Potter stinks from the Slytherin tables. As he closes the dungeon door behind him, Colin comments on how amazing it is that Harry is champion, and he's like, one of the champions. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, he just begrudgingly agrees, and he asks what they want photos for, and Colin says that he thinks it's for the Daily Prophet, which doesn't exactly make Harry excited. He's like, oh, goody, more publicity. Yeah. Oh, yay. yay. We're going to talk about all this more. Huzzah. Woohoo. Super fun. But they reach their destination, and Colin wishes Harry good luck as he knocks on the door and enters. And this is where we end this section of the book chapter, because it's a clean cut of book chapter with no corresponding film scenes, and we can pick it up next week with the section that does have corresponding film scenes. Yeah. As there were no film scenes, we obviously also have no actors, so we can roll right into the Potter Pondering. Which is, would you rather walk a scroot or deal with Snape for potions slash detentions? Find the post on our Facebook page and share your thoughts. We are really looking forward to reading them. Yes. This will bring us to our Sorting Hat story, which is from Lisa Marie Holtgreen. She is a Ravenclaw. Her wand is Goat Willow, 11 inches, Dragon Heartstring Core, bendy and bordering on impossible to break Ooh. Ooh. her patronus is a norwegian forest cat which is a big fluffy tabby she writes i got the first book for my 10th to 11th birthday i had run out of reading material at home and was attacking my mom's bookshelf which had a lot of gory true crime books with pictures <laughs> suboptimal at the least i was quite early a potterhead I was bullied relentlessly for being a Harry Potter fan when nobody in my school even knew what it was. I was always an angsty, depressed kid. Shit happened when I grew up, and when I moved out into another town at 19, I was just so alone and suicidal. In addition to this, I had to remove half my tit because of precursor to breast cancer, and nobody realized I had a serious connective tissue disease called EDS. Doctors just thought I had joint pain and dislocating joints because I was fat and lazy. So to fill the void of being alone, in pain, and suicidal, I started listening to the audiobooks. I had read them a million times at this point, so it didn't really matter if I zoned out for a second or fell asleep. So I listened to Harry Potter while I was doing chores, while I was chilling, while I was walking, to calm my nerves, to make me happy, to not be alone, to have some fun whenever I drove home, at work, when I was trying to fall asleep, etc. Whatever I was doing, if I was awake, there was Harry Potter in the background. Never any other book, just Harry Potter. The books were like my safe space where I could relax and nothing surprising happened because I'd already read them to pieces. I did that for about eight years. I'm finally in a better place. I only listen to Harry Potter for enjoyment now, but it holds a special place in my heart. I did some math. I must have spent about 3.3 years of my life listening to Harry Potter, 10 hours a day, 365 days a year for eight years. I'm soon 32 years old. Last year before Christmas, I found a new detail I had never noticed before. 
These are the books that just keep on giving. If it wasn't for Harry Potter, I would not be alive, and I would most definitely not be pregnant with my first child. I can't wait to read the books with my kid. Thank you so much for sharing your Sorting Hat story, Lisa Marie. That is truly beautiful of everything that you've made it through and how Harry Potter was able to help you. And yeah, it means so much that you'll share that with us. Thank you so much. And you know what? This goes to show for anyone else out there, too, that you're not alone and you have somebody who's always there. And I just love that. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. You are awesome, Lisa Marie. I love you. If any of you other keepers out there listening would like us to read your Sorting Hat story on a future episode, you can email it to us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. Or you can just message it to us over social media and don't feel like you have to share a super long heartwarming story. We just love sharing with our other listeners, Mm -hmm. with each other. We love getting to read what it was that drew you to something that means a lot to us too so yeah we love the heartwarming stories they're wonderful and they're great but don't feel pressure (laughs) right we love all of the stories exactly and now for the trivia question how did rita skeeter describe dumbledore in her piece about the international confederation of wizards conference the first one who responds with a correct answer and the code word hashtag enchantingly nasty will get a sticker Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes. If you don't have an Apple account, then you can write us a recommendation on our Facebook page. Make sure to email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. Following us on Podbean at justkeeprolling.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. You can also go to our website at justkeeprolling.com to check out our Just Keep Rolling and Harry Potter related merchandise for sale. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we post our weekly podcast episodes, cooking show episodes, and other random videos. If you would like to support us as a patron, you can sign up on patreon.com slash justkeeprolling. $2 and up a month will get you some awesome perks like Just Keep Rolling swag, access to patron-only Facebook groups, chats, our Discord channel, virtual hangouts, and more. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated. And join us next week when we talk about the second half of Chapter 18, the weighing of the wands, and the corresponding film scenes. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just just keep keep rolling. rolling.